0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport.
1: Powered by fans.
2: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love.
3: Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast, Dean Smith Exodus special. Joining me to discuss the fallout of uh, the departed Dean Smith, Mr. Dan Rogers, Mr. Chris Bird, and Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Welcome back from literally five seconds ago when we recorded the uh, the last main show. Still good to be here. Oh, he's still here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd given up on us. No,
4: no, no, no. I'm not like not like Christian Persler was with Dean Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Too soon <laughs> from the from
3: the top. Let's. Uh, what were your reactions? From the off to this decision, uh, were you uh, in the camp that thought that he needed to go? Were you surprised? Do you think that he should have had longer? What What's your kind of immediate take? P- probably all of the above, to be honest. It was, I, I, I saw the reasons
0: for him. It, it, it wasn't a massive surprise, but I was also a little bit surprised, but you thought, well, it's not like it hasn't been coming. What w- would you have done? I thought they potentially would have given him till Christmas, but I think by then your season's, coming unravelled quite quickly if it continues the way it's going. So
3: We'd have been relegated by then. So I, I, understand, I understand that they're
0: probably thinking, well...
3: We still will be. Yeah. With, um,
0: with with an international break, they probably thought, actually, now's probably as good a time as any to do it.
3: Isn't that a cliche, though? Because that two is, weeks it, yeah. isn't really going to save you. I mean, if you're going to sack a manager, always do fucking due diligence in, and tap up somebody to take over. You don't just chop them clean and then go oh shit oh luckily there's an international break like Spurs have done but they they were wise to get ahead of everybody just to get the best available manager there was so yeah, uh, yeah we've got to get Mick McCarthy in on the slide. we've got to compete with Norwich and Newcastle but Newcastle have uh, picked up Howe Eddie Howe which that's is a good she... move I would say Phil you wanted to get rid of him,
5: uh, oof, like yeah, in his in his first season. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is this is hard for me because it's like he had won me over. I thought, right, you've you've got over the the rocky spell. It's Like there, there's something there, and then it's it's the lack of availability of a replacement that that surprised me. I mean, the way they were playing, you can't play like that for many more games. The the team something's very wrong, and the only thing you can change is the manager. I mean, you can't just sack all the players so yeah but again you're just looking at it and going right somebody has to be ready to just walk in and sort this out but there's nobody there you know there's nobody there because there's no announcement there's no rumblings of an announcement there's nothing there's just wishy-washy I want this one I want that one because
3: there is an interesting situation I and mean, we'll get on to uh replacements but i mean villa the hierarchy are all about progress and you know this is the uh reason that Pursley's put out that uh, Smith wasn't making uh, progress, so off he goes. But we're also in a situation where we need a firefighter to uh, save us this season as well. So can you get somebody who can do both tasks? I'm not so sure. But Dan, what was your take on this?
4: No, um, absolutely wasn't surprised. And th- that's that's in part because of the reasons you said. I think that 2021 had... So you, you
3: barely blinked when you heard the news. I, I wasn't
4: surprised. No, no, not at all, really. And I think that... I, I, in some respects, I can see where Chris is coming from. That, that given, I think, especially when you look at the uh, almost the obituary the club put out for Dean Smith in the video they put on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was that there were some highs along the way, and 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 I, you know, I as much as anyone, I mean, Christ, we were we were a shambles when he joined the club, and to get us promoted was was nothing short of a miracle. I think staying up equally as much of a miracle. Yeah. Thank you, thank Possibly you, Orian or- or- Neyland for. Uh, <laughs> for that Breaking the yeah, and yeah. Trezeguet yeah. and, tres-a-gay, and, tres-a-gay and, and uh, you know there, there are things not to be forgotten about that with that said I think we badly lost our way I think that there's things on off the pitch as much as on I think, I think Smith you know you let it go to Christmas and I think you could be in a situation where you, you're in a you know <laughs> Uh, it's, 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 you could be in a relegation dogfight very easily in this division, and it's merciless. And I think we've seen—you know—you can't you can't put on put out displays like you did against West Ham. Definitely not like we saw at St Mary's because you you Arsenal are, <laughs> Arsenal. Yeah. There's and and I th- there there were moments across you know in recent memory. I, I think that the. You can't understate how damaging the late defeat against Wolves was. And it, 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 it translated even... into the body language of the players. The, the post-match interviews had, had become confusing, our, uh, as confusing yeah. as our tactics and our objectives. So I wasn't surprised. I didn't want to see him go. But it, it got to the point where, well, parking sentiment, well, you know? what's the plan? And someone had to make a big call and they, they made it.
3: I mean, to me... Uh... I mean, I remember, Dan, when when we were in the manager hunt and uh, Smith was on the radar and everybody was saying he was... Uh- mm. Like the second coming, in terms of he will make us, you know, play total football and all this kind of Remember shit. Remember it we well, was, yeah. And we would question well, normally, when you get a manager from the lower leagues, uh, and, you know, we were in the lower leagues in the championship, but we obviously had grand designs on the Premier League and, you know, that we're looking for the next few seasons that you get somebody who has winning in his DNA. If, if they're a talented. Uh,
4: pedigree as well, I think we heard we. Yeah, we pedigree it,
3: yeah. from the lower leagues, you are. Picking somebody who has got promotions to their name or has, you know, have done amazing things in the lower leagues that suggests that uh, it's in their DNA to do better higher up. Now, our concern with Smith. on the tin, it was saying wonderful attacking football, but credential-wise, it was like what well, he'd never finish higher than seventh or eighth for Warsaw or Brentford. Flash forward, hindsight, and you see Brentford performing even better without Smith, <laughs> and finally getting promoted yeah. and getting in, you know in the playoffs uh, last time. So outperforming what he ever did, and also they actually finished fifth the season before he came in, so they were better before he came in and after he came in. So that was a bit of a red flag, but. At the same time, uh, one of the things I put forward was because he has, uh, you know, this style which we witnessed uh, as Villa fans, you know, to our uh, horror, as we were getting beaten regularly by uh, Brentford. That you thought, well, actually, maybe these lower leagues aren't where his ethos. Really flourishes. Maybe he needs the canvas of the Premier League, and i.e. the canvas of better players, to actually really fulfil his potential. So that was where you know I was saying, well, yeah, it's, it's worth a shot. And you got this idea, you know, Villa supporting manager. Let's buy into this romanticism. And uh, he was obviously starting on a on a sticky wicket, although it was quite an expensively uh, assembled squad comparatively to the the Championship. Now, you know, he made some pivotal changes. He actually. When Grealish came back from injury, made him captain, he actually gave uh, Grealish some fundamental advice, which Grealish really should have known, that might be a good idea to score a few goals and uh, chip in with assists. I mean, that's how you're going to become uh, a Billy big shot. It's all right uh, having a lot of hype, but you need end product as well. And that uh, seemed to kick on uh, Grealish uh, a bit more. The fact that he switched it from being a bit naive, this all-out attacking ethos, and if you're one-nil up, you should go for the seconds—that's so the best form of defence. That's not going to play out in the Premier League, and that from the first game against Spurs, uh, we saw that in full flow. But at the same time, surviving that relegation—that sh- that, I thought that's the hardest task he's going to have at Villa—is uh, how he got us out of that relegation. We were we were dead and buried. It was a miracle. It was mm-hmm. a miracle because, what was it, four games to go? After that Everton game, I thought, that's that. actually, that's yeah. it, I
4: think. A couple of things happened. We, we had an, a, a remarkable U-turn in form because we, we didn't look like beating anyone. And Watford sacked Pearson for yeah. absolutely no reason. And that was the moment where you thought, no, no way. And uh, to be fair to Smith and, and the coaching staff and the players, and Trezeguet, <laughs> 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 which I can't say. Especially then, Trezeguet. <laughs> Trezeguet became um, Beckenbauer. <laughs> well, that's, what's, that's what's happened he's, he's, he's still injured that's what's gone wrong Yes, is yeah, yeah and and um, Hurahan doesn't get a lot of credit but all the assists in that period were were, were him yeah, they were huge huge assists but, but
3: it, it gave you one of those things you doubted does Smith have the minerals yeah. when the going gets tough yeah, they dug in so the first tick is he won. A f- he won that player final. That was uh, he got us over the line. That was the first test because nothing on his CV suggested he could. Then that survival. He thought that's as rough as it gets. He came up with a plan. Mm-hmm. He found balance. Finally, he found defensive balance and actually created a very decent uh, by any standard in the Premier League uh, defensive unit. So. That was the foundation, Uh, fast forward to this season, where you looked at the the pre-season problems, the COVID situation with the double... friendly being uh, postponed cancelled and you're thinking well we've got a solid defence so while we wait for these glittery 30 million pound players to uh, get up to speed and give us our full Grealish replacement stroke improvement uh, at least we'll be solid and not easy to beat and uh, we got dismantled by Watford he brushed that one off and just say ah oh, you know first game of the season anything can happen freak results blah 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 and uh, then it seemed to be going alright <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. Like, <laughs> the weird thing is, if you're a Villa season ticket holder and you, you just go to see the home games, that's it. You've actually only witnessed 100 minutes, let's say 10 minutes against Wolves and uh, the 90 minutes against West Ham of adversity. And so the next thing you know, Smith's gone. And it's been weird, hasn't it? Because we've been playing once at Villa Park every month. It's, it's, yeah, it's felt no, very strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no kind of flow. So. I mean, when I leave uh, a match, I say to the guy next to me, "See you next month." See you next year. <laughs> <laughs> I've said I've said that the last couple of uh, last couple of games. So now you go back and there's no, there's different manager. It's uh, it's been uh, quite weird. So you haven't had that being dragged over the coals and the
4: suffering of like McLeish or uh, Bruce or Lambert. <laughs> the suffering <laughs> the suffering is important as a Villa fan, isn't it? Because I yeah. think we said and forgive me, it must have been in the, in the previous episode now, but Football fans are sometimes accused of not having of having very short memories. I feel we have good memories of where we don't want to be, and and that's because it is it is the pain. I mean, prior to recording, we were talking about you know Ron Atkinson's demise. You know, over over a period of you know, it's a long run of defeats and. You know, it does feel, and I and I think that the Smith departure does feel different because of the the disconnection, if you like, through COVID and the strange fixtures and how how, it, how it's fallen. It does feel very strange, doesn't
3: it? Yeah, I mean, just to tick off the Ron Atkinson mention, uh, that was uh that was it was a similar. I mean, Ron Atkinson was much loved at the time. I mean, because as well as being charismatic he'd taken us uh to second in the league in a, in a title race we perhaps should have won which was alex ferguson's first title win and kickstarted their dynasty if we'd won that who knows what would have happened then we won the cup uh, league cup against him in the next season and then you start off uh 94 95 first five games of that season unbeaten drew the first three then won two if i'm not mistaken yep and you thinking, well, all right, you know, we've we've got we've established ourselves here as one of the uh, the the big dogs of the early Premier League uh, term. And then out of nowhere, Atkinson goes on a run where we lose nine out of ten games, and uh, that 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 anomaly was a draw, so it's one point out of ten games. And uh, after we got beat by Wimbledon, I always, always remember it. And you know, you get the news that Atkinson's gone, and you like you're kind of stunned because you like. What just happened? There
4: is a, there is a. <laughs> he was weird, good.
3: I, we all loved yeah. him. He was great. He, he brought yeah, he us trophies, brought us great times. We, we brought us success, and then within such a short space of time, consecutive games, it just it just went.
0: That had been a mad. very aging team, wasn't it?
3: That was Ray oh, Dean yeah. Sons, but I'm exactly talking about the, the well. span of time. Yeah,
4: but there is quick. a synergy there, though, isn't there? Could, could you know, looking looking ahead now, our fixture list, could, could Smith not have found himself in that Atkinson zone again? I, inevitably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Inevitably, <laughs> rather than... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm the advocate of the 10-game losing streak or anything. No, I think but, you did
3: mention that in a Christmas special. I think you brought it into the consciousness
5: of the universe. I'm back
4: to deliver it like the Grim Reaper.
5: I mean, Bruno Fernandez's penalty hasn't even
4: landed yet and Smith's gone. That's that's just what it feels <laughs> like. <laughs> that victory feels like a long time ago.
3: You know, it's precarious now. If uh, Brighton scored the first goal at Villa Park, you could see Brighton winning that one. Defensively very uh, organised, very sound. Then Palace away. Then you've got Manchester City, Leicester, Liverpool, and that could easily be a ten-game losing streak, judging by what we've been seeing the last few weeks. And then suddenly Smith's not there to uh, dig himself out or tweak it, or however you want to phrase it, and hopefully get his you know players back. My point of view: I, I was expecting at least the end of November but also i'm thinking well this isn't on smith's shoulders uh exclusively no not at we all. discussed this in the other show about the coaches how there's no fluidity they don't seem to be on the same wavelength it seems stagnated we mentioned in a previous show it's like almost like nfl where they're calling plays on set pieces and stuff i mean we saw yeah, the note I, I don't like the that. note against southampton note and you just saw these players are not just playing freely and uh then it's not a well-drilled unit. They're almost making it up as... Well, they're literally making it up as they go along. And you just got a sense all was not well. It was strange because we've seen Smith beat five of the top six. We've had great wins and performances that showed you the potential of what could happen to the extent that you believed that this Villa team or the evolution of this Villa team could get into Europe. Now, and this is what uh, you know is very much the Christian Perslow and the new owners were all banking on this this was uh, this was their trump card The dean smith was their man and now you got to rip the whole thing up so they've they're just admitting they've made a mistake and there's got to be damage limitation now because we are i'm sorry but we are a relegation contender and any complacency thinking we're not will end us up in the bottom
4: three and and i do think that's what's provoked the reaction that i think that you you know we were all sat at home uh last season watching us playing with a, a, a freedom i mean you just said a short while ago that you know you look at the southampton game it was a we were paralyzed as a, as a team. We were incapable of, of doing anything creative, and yet a mere matter of games and months ago, if you like, well last season certainly. We played without any of that weight on our shoulders. We looked, you know teams teams. I, I genuinely think think that think teams feared us. You know, we were we were very very dangerous on the break. You know, there were there were standout results, and the contrast that you know, if you're looking at that from as, as an ownership or looking, you know, it was it was an unrecognisable villa team, despite and you know parking the greenish thing for for one moment, and you know, despite adding talent to the squad, you know, in, in terms of creativity at least, but I do yeah. think that it was undone and undermined by, uh, I think, cha- changes in terms of the t- the. the Changed in terms of the uh, the uh, backroom staff, but very very damaging tinkering. Yeah, because something went
3: something went on with Richard O'Kelly that we we are we don't mm. know. Because if he's suddenly deciding, oh yeah, I think it's time for retirement. I think I've run my course here, or the club have decided he's run his course. He goes a lot earlier in that summer than he did. Yeah, you don't walk the week before the season. The John Terry thing seems
4: a bit kind of. Uh, I wonder if they would Odds. set a target, you know, an actual, you know, I, I'm sure there's a season target of, you know, especially under the guise of of uh, continuous improvement as, as Purslow repeats.
3: Because John Terry, I mean, the way this has been spun is like, oh, you know, I, uh, I don't want to cause any disruption uh, to you guys uh, by, uh, you know, le- leaving the club mid-season to get another job don't worry about disruption uh terry we'll 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 handle that anyway <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't worry about we'll that, that just, you just stay on board mate leave when you want and he's still got no job yeah what's he done he's just taken time off just to get into uh collecting nfts or
4: something don't worry I'll be back next week <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh so that seemed a bit weird so there was obviously something going on here and i mean we used to joke that it was the greek chorus uh last season you'd have smith with about four coaches and they're all taking about five minutes to make a <laughs> substitution about three <laughs> different
0: ipads and yeah. Yeah.
4: that's what it used and,
3: to take us 80 minutes to make a bloody change <laughs> <laughs> and now uh it doesn't look like uh they're all kind of on side or working as a cohesive unit but you've you've got to look at that wolves 10 minutes and uh No, no, I don't want to. If the dogheads want to take credit for getting rid of Smith,
5: I think uh, they've got it there. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to come on to Nanny McPhee now, but... The sort of the prominence that he has, I mean, I talked about it whenever he was assistant manager in Northern Ireland. He was always in the ear of uh, Michael O'Neill, it was then. He was almost like the, the assistant instead of the set-piece coach. And, you know, I, I joked that Northern Ireland didn't concede from set-pieces, but I've just had a quick look at what the back five was at the time. And it reminds me of when Wenger came in the Arsenal. He inherited, you know, a really good back five and didn't change it. The Northern Ireland back five at the time was Johnny Evans, Macaulay, Cathcart and Aaron Hughes. I mean, steady. Yeah. They're not they're not going to concede from mm-hmm. set pieces. They're going to head everything away, kick everything away. So McPhee stayed there what five years, built his his reputation as a set piece person, and now whenever it's actually been challenged, I mean that was the the Wolves game was the end of McPhee because set pieces, you've Danny Yings and you've Ollie Watkins, you know, marking at the back stick. It's not it shouldn't be. It just shouldn't be.
3: Yeah. And also, the, I mean, it's a kind of a, when you're watching uh, the touchline, it used to be Neil Cutler was always in the ear of, of Smith. And uh, I mean, I actually, after the playoff final, I you know, bumped into him at the, the club's hotel and I asked him, I said, I mean, in a jokingly fashion, I said, you know, why are you always whispering in Dean Smith's ear during the game? Because, you know, it's not it's not the common thing for goalkeeping coaches to do. He's like coaching the whole game. It's not just, uh, it's nothing to do with goalkeeping. And he said, you know, you've got to make yourself look busy, haven't you? I mean, you know, we, we were just like joking. But here here we have another situation where the fucking set-piece coach is constantly
4: standing next to Smith and in his ear. And, and taking credit for completely innocuous run-of-the-mill yeah. Parts of the football game as well that just because someone scores a header or a you know like, like the house I was watching a rerun of the house goal against Manchester United and it was celebrated as though he he'd actually yeah. headed it in himself and you know, it was the it's most near mundane <laughs> header
3: you know it was a great yeah did you see Alex Ferguson standing there with minor coaches around him no. constantly and this is maybe
5: this is maybe the problem is would Smith have said no to anything. I mean, this is, is his too nice persona coming back to haunt them by saying, oh, Dean, we're, we're bringing in a said peace coach. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, Richard O'Kelly has to go, though, because, I mean, he'll just get in the way. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. You just yeah Rich in. doesn't buy into our analytics way. It's yeah. the modern way he's got to go. He's a bit of a dinosaur. Yeah. He's too old. It's, that's so what, what, it's that's just, what they would think. <laughs> you just think. A bit you know, of ageism, casual ageism. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just, like, there had to be a point in time where Smith went, you know what? No, we don't need him it was working okay we don't need this
4: it was just a symptom wasn't it too of... many cooks yeah yeah exactly, yeah, that, so. exactly and that trying
5: to reinvent the wheel you know when you've
0: as i said in the, the previous show we did you know when you've had some massive transitions happen over the summer period the last thing you need to do is start tweaking things that you don't need to tweak because then the players get confused with the message they don't even know what the message is half the time potentially
4: and it plants that seed of doubt. the The other person, who personally I've got not, again nothing against him, but you've got a very, very well respected coach in Shakespeare, also whispering in yep. Smith's ear. And it must bring some indecision that you know Smith's got to where he has by making his own calls, if you like. And all of a sudden, you've got Nanny McPhee, Shakespeare, and and company. But this is during
3: a game. Yeah. I, I would expect this kind of input on the training grounds and uh, in, you know, up in, in the build-up, et cetera. But during game, I never saw a manager court counsel as much as he did. And uh, unless, he's, unless he
0: wants the stats. You know, they'll have people up in the stand, won't they, doing their real-time analytics, and they'll be straight in the ear of – I know it usually used to be John Terry, didn't it? He was always on his little mic thing. So they'll be constantly – but you, you've got to pick your moments – You can't just run a game through a bloody Excel spreadsheet. That's just champ manager. You've actually got to see it with your eyes and go, okay, this isn't working.
3: Before we go on with the show, I just want to say a thank you to Penfold for uh, supporting this episode. Penfold is a flexible pension that's easy to set up and effortless to use. If you are uh, self-employed or haven't got a pension, then it's definitely worth uh, checking into. The full flexibility allows you to change the amount you you put in. If you want to do it monthly, you can put it on ice. Also, you get access to the government 25% bonus on everything you put in, as well as uh, the interest that will compound from uh, whichever investment fund you select. There's a choice of uh, six. And I think level four, uh, which is the higher risk, is actually been one of the top performing pension plans over the last five years. It's very easy to do. I actually uh, have one myself. That's why I actually approach Penfold to uh, sponsor the podcast as another entity to uh, help listeners with their finances. Of course, uh, pensions, as with all investments, your capital is at risk and the value of what you put in may go up as well as down. But as a listener of the My Old Said podcast, you will get a £50 bonus if you go to Get Penfold, P-E-N-F-O-L-D dot com slash moms, M-O-M-S. So uh, check it out. And as I said, uh, it literally just take five minutes to uh, set up and you can run it from your mobile phone.
1: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Let me just spin it a different way on Smith. Now... We, you know, we we joke about Lambert McQueen. No, we, we never joke we never about joke. Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind? They had uh, it, it was frugal times. It wasn't yes. the most free flowing cash times. Now Smith, in comparison, has had an easy wicket in terms of Very. recruitment. He's ooh, had ooh. millions. They were into the meaty stuff and millions to uh, spend on this uh, on this outfit. And yes, you have to rebuild a squad. So there's got to be, certainly in the first season, a lot of money shelled out. But how many times did we break the record in the transfer window? He's had riches beyond most. And uh, so... In that context, it's like, well, fair enough,
4: Wesley. Wesley,
3: I'm <laughs> <laughs> just gonna.
4: Ah, oh, Lisa Mata. Oh, ah,
3: Well, I mean, in in defending Smith, well, he could have gone earlier, but I think they threw uh, Jesus in, in under the bus to kind of distract everybody. Borja Baston. Yeah, the way he was made out to be the reason of our uh, almost relegation was a bit convenient uh, for my liking. But anyway, back to Smith. <laughs> he he's had he has had riches and uh you know, he's made them work at times, but this consistency was uh was an issue i mean the start of this season there's huge mitigating circumstances uh i mean massive mitigating circumstances in terms of not being able to play your uh never starting the hundred million pound package of uh buendia bailey and ings which according to personally was to replace grealish in the aggregate and you know we were missing uh half the team against brentford i mean that the covid thing i mean i i uh, had a little uh, outburst on the last podcast, uh, or the second-to-last podcast, where I was saying that the Premier League was so desperate not to pay back rebates, uh, these millions and millions of pounds of TV revenue, that they almost, like, strong arm the government into uh, allowing them to continue. And so you think, well, all these biosecure bubbles, uh, to have this privilege of carrying on, getting paid their ridiculous amounts of money, and then... Uh, while everybody else can't, uh, you know, can't have such freedoms. And then every, you know, every other week I'm popping up to uh, Villa Park and I look at the team sheet and there's a couple of players missing from COVID. And there's so many breaches of the bubble that it just seems that uh, there's been bad management there. Certainly been ill discipline on and off the field. That's been a
0: theme for, unfortunately, far too long.
3: And that is—it has become a part of our of the team's downfall because yeah. they've been missing key players at key times. I mean, you know, we've been crying out for fucking Sanson to be the one, the promised man. Who, who sorry, who? And Burson, Burson, uh, you know, <laughs> and she, for, you know the the last reason why he was out it was COVID related. And you think, oh, for fuck's sake! And mm. you know, going, going back to. Uh, there was an article in the the Guardian by a guest writer from who scored uh, that website, the stats website, <laughs> where they said the whole premise of the article was the Villa didn't get a defensive midfielder, and that is the reason why uh, Villa find themselves in this situation, throwing a few stats, blah, blah, blah. There was no mention at all of uh, Mr. Morgan Sanson stroke Burson <laughs> <laughs> and he was the man bought ahead of the transfer window. He would have come in the summer, but they got him in January because of the shit that was going down at Marseille at the time. They were quite smug that they got a player that was being touted around. Uh, I think when West Ham were interested in him, uh, around you know twenty five, thirty million. They got him for uh, you know fourteen to sixteen million a minute. <laughs> <laughs> True that, true that. And uh, he came to the, uh, I haven't got the exact quotes in front of me, but he said, I love this team spirit. I'm a warrior. You know, I want to fight, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously the club have sold him to Grealish because Grealish did an interview and he said, oh, you know, like we got, you know, there's good things happening here. we got Sanson in to bring some bite into the midfield. So this was a genuine box-to-box guy that would have been the man. And... Uh, just turns out he's
4: made out of tracing paper.
3: And people were saying, "Oh, we need midfielders, blah blah blah." I mean, there was, there was some guy. Uh, I, I saw some supporters say, uh, "You know, when when we saw Grealish, we expected another hundred million to be spent." And it's like, well, saying every fan thought that. I mean, I'm sorry, but I put up multiple tweets saying, uh, "If." you were listening to what Perslow said and also I asked him how many players are coming in this window to his face and he said, ah, two or three. That was it. Ings was that, you know, that was it in terms of big buys. And, uh, you know, I got flack people saying, oh, no, you know, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. There's going to be more players. Don't you worry. This is August the 5th and nothing came in. Now, Smith said, I don't want to be stockpiling midfielders. And, you know, he's right in that context because he had Sanson who had been injured and, you know, hadn't done much last season. And you got McGinn, you got Douglas Louise, you got Nakamba. And you had some of the young lads who were starting to emerge. Yeah, if you start getting other players in, then you're suddenly really blocking the path of the young players. They had faith in Ramsey as well. And you're looking at McGinn, you're looking at Louise, you're thinking, you know, if Sanson comes good, that's, you know, that should be all right as a starting point anyway but you don't want to be in that situation where we've been before where you've got these players that you've cast aside already and you've got all this you know big wages on the uh on the spreadsheet bad morale starting to bubble up etc so i think if Sanson was all right you don't have a problem so you're looking at the x has fallen on smith but you're looking at the recruitment team and going well hang on a minute what's the samson story here hang on a minute What's the Bailey story? He wasn't even fucking fit and only just started recently.
4: Signed in a shed, signed in a shed.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And what's with Buendia? He's just not up to speed. Best player for Norwich,
4: best player for Norwich.
3: (laughs) He wants to leave the pitch after half, uh, after an hour every game. Yeah, he's not used to having to run. There's other people uh, culpable here, and this includes the players. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, some of the application on the field has been. Atrocious. I mean, it was a good team spirit. I thought this Villa team. I
4: mean, it's dissipated, hasn't it? It,
3: it? People in the club would say to me, "This is the best it's been for you know quite a while." Blah blah blah. And now it, you can just see through the cracks. I mean, even Mings' uh, farewell to Dean Smith message—just short and sharp. <laughs> see ya.
4: <laughs> no, and no, I think that's. I mean, we we've covered many of these Villa squads where you, I mean, we going back to pre-relegation or the relegation season. As much as we might might not want to, that you, we're you could, experts. We are. We we are. We are.
3: <laughs> none of these like Larry come lately. Uh, no, none we'll, of these. We'll do a podcast when we're winning.
5: hobby clubbers. No,
4: no yogurt for us.
5: Yeah, we found um, one at rock bottom.
4: <laughs> we were there. <laughs> we were there when we we. We thought that that Mika Richards would be a good idea, and <laughs> Etel. Um, we've been through. <laughs> Les Scott might come good. Well, but that but that really was the Doldrums, and and at the moment it's a minor flesh wound. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll take our pound of flesh. We've got long memories, and I, I think the, the way that the way that Smith has has lost his way so badly here is 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 almost part of the frustration, isn't it? That that you know, it was not so long ago we were promised a theme park by a by a Chinese phantom. <laughs> 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 People need to get some. <laughs> People need to get some perspective On on one hand (laughs) Yeah I'm back Is
3: is he still incarcerated? You can roll
4: that um, Was it the James Bond (laughs) Flofeld music now (laughs) Uh, Where were
3: we? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just going to throw this one in. This uh, this wasn't like Dean Smith sacked after the game. This was, uh, let's let him have a Saturday night out. Let him walk the dog Sunday morning, then we'll sack him. So he's obviously, they've obviously had talks... Now, what do you think
5: Smith's argument for staying was? You've, you've handcuffed areas. Where, where's my coaching staff? What, what have you done to them? <laughs> you got rid of them. He hasn't been able to play his best players. You've sold
0: my, you know, arguably the best player the club's had in the last ten or fifteen years.
3: Six weeks ago, just beaten Everton and beaten Manchester United. Yep. And uh, what's going on?
0: And <laughs> po- possibly, you know, where do you where do you guys realistically see your ambitions? You know, you're talking about Europe, but
4: that's a big part squad, of this.
0: With the squad we have or had in August, was that going to be realistic? Surely they must have known that this is, as we'd predicted it from <laughs> pre-season, that it's going to be a bumpy ride till Christmas. We didn't think it'd be this bad, to be frank. I didn't. we weren't. We, we weren't. There, <laughs> were <there>? <laughs> <laughs> but you thought that, We'd, we'd said probably every pod we will get better in the second half of the season. I still think we probably will, but surely they mustn't have known. Oh yeah, we'll be in and around the top six from the word go. Like, did they just expect Leon Bailey to
3: arrive from a new league from a shed and hit the ground running? Did Unless they, Lang was it, lying and go, yeah, you
4: know he's good, he's ready to go, he's all it's, right, it's
3: Oh, or, or his or his stepdad told <laughs> Lang to from say. his shed. <laughs> 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 that was that was some of the most ridiculous uh, signing of a player I've ever seen. When I saw that the shed footage on YouTube, I'm just thinking, "Are we how signing Ali? How Dyer many millions again? is he? How many millions is he again? Fuck it now!" Yes, but yeah, I mean, whatever manager in the circumstances that Smith had in terms of the pre-season, in terms of the availability of players, and look, the international breaks—he's had no time with
0: the players. Martinez said that, didn't he, before Southampton? That we've barely trained together as a squad.
4: Well, well, and the South American lads have been in south america surely as much as they have been in yeah. estonia and in uh, the air. <laughs> as much as they have in croatia and croatia and yeah I, I would have
3: played hardball with them in that initial one yeah and I, i'd have kicked some asses over this covid you can't have players turning up with covid all the fucking time no no, mean, no, no doesn't the penny
5: drop the first time it happened i mean they, they closed the camp down twice this, this is what happened All these things That we sort of Like sort of t- Tried to ignore Which is the The sign in a bailey Which was a bit Panicked in the shed Then the the friendlies That were postponed With COVID Then just getting Salerno Tarna And their Zeus kits over Just for a, a Sunday kickabout And we all thought Oh yes it's fine We'll be well prepared For the start of the season don't know why Smith yeah. had had 10 days Of isolation yeah. himself hadn't Yeah you, you have to think What manager would let this happen Again I'm coming back To think Is it, is it as, just as niceness As general trying to, trying to get by Trying to make things work work trying to always see the best and what's going on around him that sort of has done for him in the end he should have put his foot down at some stage that's 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 settled then Nigel Pearson is finally (laughs) you ostrich
3: people to the floor
5: yeah he would
3: have been he would have been a villa manager already if it wasn't for the Chinese phantom uh, deciding he wanted uh, a bit of glitter with old uh, Roberto de Matteo who I completely forget every time I mention his name that he was a manager of Aston Villa
4: and responsible for Henry Lansbury Hmm. On and Aaron Sishbola.
3: Oh, there was mitigating circumstances for Smith to hang on, but to me, the whole f- the whole thing it was a bit wishy washy in terms of there was a spectrum of some of the scalps he took and the performances where you saw the potential, but it was never backed up with consistency and uh, pragmatism. I think that Wolves game should have been shut down. Even when it goes to two one, it's like
0: right, okay, we've we've given away a stupid. Constellation. Now we're going to shut the game down as a contest, and we didn't.
4: Wolves was a good microcosm of it, really, because they um, they had that. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I mean, Traore should have put them ahead inexplicably. You know, burst. Oh, I mean, he God, did it on more yeah. than one occasion, didn't he? And and you know, if his finishing was any good, he would be playing for a better club. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but to be to be. <laughs> to be worked out like we were that in the second half when we were we should have been cruising I mean as you say we you know game management just shut up shop and you've won the game but yeah. it, I, I think that that will stand as the moment where you know psychologically Smith's tenure ended I suppose for the yeah. players as much as him that I, I would mark that moment um,
0: and that was the day that Edens was there that was probably the day where the, 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 the red flags were like wow I've no. flown in for this yeah. and what on earth is going on yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: I would agree with that
3: because that is that is like that
0: just shouldn't happen on your watch, no, should it? It's not, a, and you're not talking about Villa playing vintage Man United of old, where it used to happen yearly. This is against a pretty average at that time Wolves team, who have now gone on to have a good run of form. But they weren't great on the day; they
3: were average, and they just managed to get a bit of a lucky break and then suddenly run through us. And you saw uh, the week before, well, the game before against Spurs, where. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You back in it, and you think, "Oh, I think we're going to get something from this game now." I mean, being at the game, you just because you saw the first twenty minutes, and you thought oh, we're in control of this, and and there was a bit of confidence going into that game because we'd beaten Manchester United. Almost there was expectation and beaten wrong, Everton. So. Yeah, and there was a bit of complacency amongst yeah. f- fans yeah. because they were expecting to do something against Spurs. It was a dour performance, but once we, and Spurs were a team bereft of confidence as well. They were playing within themselves. But once we got that equalizer, you thought we should get something here, but the naivety of how open we were still, and how far those f- fullbacks were still playing—again, game management—but you kind of let that one slide because it's fucking Spurs. They've got world-class players. Son is one of the best in the league, and so you you kind of give him a pass for that. And then Wolves—it just happens again. And as as you said, Dan, they weren't actually the greatest team, even though they're you know they're pretty organized. They know what they're doing.
4: Well, they—I um, mean, uh, it's it's. Uh... Goodness, what's the what's the Wolves manager called?
3: Bruno Bruno
0: Lang, in it?
4: Yeah, uh, he worked out on seventy minutes that they were not out of the game at two 0 and and that was again one of those moments where you know it, it bled into the Arsenal game. That the West Ham game was it, it was clear after five minutes that we needed to change what you know change off our, our shape. You know you don't have to necessarily change people, but it, it, it was glaring. You know, and, and the difference between the West Ham and the Wolves game, to strike a contrast, was West Ham punished us mercilessly. You know, Antonio, you know, that was the game he opted to drop Mings, you know, a physical yeah. game. A re- ridiculous decision. Ah, you know... You know it mental, yeah. absolutely. That's,
5: that's just Shearer and Hewitt again, isn't it? You've, yeah. that, pic, you've that picture of Hewitt behind, or sorry, Shearer behind Hewitt in that rainy night, just looking at him, and you're just going. Yeah. the days are numbered. But then, even worse than that, Kansa gets sent off, and he has to bring Mings on. I mean, if he's going to stick to his guns, he brings on Twanzebe. Although that would have got even worse, but still,
4: no, no, I'm absolutely right. And it, it, that, that's where bad luck compounds bad decisions. That yeah, agreed. It, it, you're not helping yourself. Well. It doesn't allow any space for it. That's the thing. No,
3: what one thing that was kind of set in stone was uh, and and the the kind of rock of why Villa were half decent in in uh, you know the last year or so was the Mings and Konza centre back partnership. So in the first game, you're reverting back to a back four after this kind of uh, back three, which all three centre backs were uncomfortable. Conza was in no man's land a lot of the times and you know Mings has pulled over so much because of targets positioning that you think right if we're going back to the back four let's play the, the best back four that we've got that's tried and tested which is Mings alongside Conza. and when he dropped him I just thought why are you going weak against West Ham West Ham like one of the best they're hot right now one of the best teams and that you know he lost me there a bit
4: and in antonio a technically excellent striker at the peak of his physical power it was you know did very different players but it would be like doing the same thing against a drogba or a you know it struck me as a he was making decisions based upon the old system and the old mistakes rather than as you say going you know we'll go back to what we knew worked and and start afresh um and that 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 will have resonated through the squad that it, it, it coincided with um and I, and I forget the game now where where mings his temperament showed a couple of times in in those games where he, he made some poor on-field decisions and there's the one where he throws the ball over the bar when he's already been booked and you think what are you doing man you know heads head's gone moment but that's the kind of thing that um, you know a figurehead um, you know he's obviously he's, he's outspoken but in a in a He's erudite and he's yeah, eloquent, and in an intellectual it? way. You know, he's not a he's not a stupid guy. And you think, you know, that the, the squad will be talking, and you think, uh, does that that will impact upon the standing that someone like Smith, who had been, you know, relatively consistent to that point. And as, as I said earlier in this piece, really, that it, it aligns with when yeah. your coaching staff are changed, you have got change in personnel, you, the, the the results start falling apart, strange decisions are being made, and then before you know it, you're five you're five games deep.
0: Yeah, and you see, and your senior players are stood there on the pitch arguing, going, "What are we doing here? We don't know what we're doing." Yeah, get the ball in the fucking
5: box, as McGinn said, as McGinn Clearly. did say, didn't he? Just yep. before half-time, yep. Southampton.
3: This is the thing: these coaching staff trying to reinvent the wheel and actually making us less effective, putting indecision in the players' minds. They don't know what the fuck's go- going on. You don't recognize them from uh, previous performances. Not as if they're all playing, uh, you know, ten out of ten games, but you know, there's a a level and what their
4: consistency level is and you're just not actually even seeing that well, I've spoke before. I mean, with the Target, you, we've seen the biggest um, swing, if you like, in terms of overall performance and displays. I think Watkins is the subtle one that there was this awkward combination that's been forced between him and him and Ings that, you know, undoubtedly individually excellent strikers um, and in no different way really to how Buendia's been deployed, just badly. You know, you're not playing to the, pit the player's strengths, but to, to persevere with something that clearly isn't working, it, it it's begs foolish. The, and well... It begged the question at times, and as to what we must have been able to see that from the sidelines. But were we preoccupied with the idea that, well, we, we know what we're doing. We're, you know, we'll keep a keep close counsel with the, with the coaches and whatnot that we've got. When actually the the glaringly obvious was pretty straightforward to rectify. Um, you know, even if you'd have just gone, Do you know, what, we'll go back to the last thing that worked, and then we'll add in the new guys. Um,
3: yeah, well, I mean, as I've said before on this show, uh, recently uh, our best eleven players individually do not make up our best first eleven in terms of balance and formation, and that is something I think they've got wrong in the recruitment because uh, you want to get that best your best eleven players that you've got. Hopefully, no. you've got them in the positions so it actually makes up a potentially a balanced team. And none of us still, you we're know, into November. None of us know what our best
0: team is yet. We haven't seen it. We don't know. We've got an idea what it could be, but no one really knows. Oh,
5: oh I do. Hope, I hope <laughs> <in>. oh, wh- <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, pray
5: tell, <laughs> whoever's going to come How in next? Sh- what are they going to do with this misshapen bunch?
3: Well, this is this is the question I was asking myself, and why I was disappointed in the timing of uh, Smith's dismissal. And this isn't a, a Smith in or Smith out conversation because as as we've been talking, and hopefully you've gauged, uh, listener. There's there's, there's pros and cons right across the board. And uh, it's hard to uh, have a distinct... I mean, the overall picture of of Smith's full potential, shall we say, there is definitely potential there, but there's also weakness there. But my uh, dad was like, oh, we really... Hemorrhaging ourselves here because we've got this is no joke what we've got coming up. I mean, you know, we're, we're saying we need points from these three November games because December turns into a nightmare. Seven games, and you're starting with three of the toughest games uh, of the season. If you count Leicester, as one of those, uh, the others being Liverpool, Manchester City. So this is ooh, it's, it's not going to look good, and you know how these things unfray because confidence gets sapped. You suddenly get this losing mentality. Teams turn up. Fancying to beat you, and it suddenly goes wrong very quick. And we've already we've already seen infighting on the pitch. We've seen total indecision because of players that don't know I've got a fucking idea what's going on with the coaches. And if you take the only constant out, Smith, does this improve or uh, hamper our chances of survival? Because I think that's my starting point at the moment. Is how I'm thinking about the season is staying up because uh, I, I, I think
0: new. No- sort of laser focused ideas from anyone will refresh the players because they're not bad players, let's be frank. This is not a bad set of players. Um just having an actual plan and sticking to it may work. I think
3: it, I think I need to see other it, people leave my man, management
0: wise. Yeah. I think so. It's it's a case you need to bring somebody in who's bullish who says, I'm coming in with my team These are my guys. Like a Mourinho would do, you know, it'd be a clean slate. I'm the boss and these are my guys and these are our
3: ideas.
4: So Mourinho is then... It's
3: very simple. Yeah, Mourinho is.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That solves that in the podcast.
3: He just went to Roma just to get a bit of sun while the summer was and it's dying embers it's nice food. Yeah. but you know if it's not the right fit or oh, there's no respond it's a, it's a dangerous game and if they start losing because you know if you look at the bookies uh, the old uh, five game losing accumulator to turn it into a ten game losing streak is kind of attractive at this moment
5: it is hard to argue with that I mean somebody asked me on Twitter they went who's next for the village of and I went I mean I don't know if he wants to quit boxing but Canelo could do it I wouldn't mind seeing him have a quick go <laughs> But no, in all seriousness, Chris is right. Someone needs to come in, and it, it is a put your foot down job. It's, it's like they need to be in charge. Yes, they do need to be in charge. They need to say, Right, you're not good enough. You're not playing the right position. I don't even know. If I don't even know why anything. Villa Just, bought you. Yes, <laughs> are you, are you a
0: common
4: question.
5: <laughs> it does need to be as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, because that's what happens at other clubs. I mean, Villa, you know, there's this myth of doing things the right way, but. Is it the right way? Winning's the right way. Don't bother yeah.
3: coming back from your shed in Jamaica. <laughs> uh,
5: <dear. laughs> but looking looking down the the candidates, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not it's it's not like you know, for example, when
0: say O'Leary left and everyone was like, "Right, O'Neill is the man." This and everyone would go, "Well, he's the obvious fit." There is no obvious fit there. Where you go, he's a banker. He'll be good. There's loads of guys who I think are sideward steps. There's lots of unprovens. There's not many guys who are like, yeah, he's done it before at the level we are and at the level we want to be. Or
3: managers that are promising that we could actually uh, basically take off a team. Prize away, Big dog style.
4: Bounded by the fact that, as we rightly observed earlier, that you've got to arrest a concerning slide first and then Mm -hmm. align yourself with the continuous improvement master plan not an easy not an easy task because you could find yeah. you could be the perfect person to turn things around in the short term big yeah. sam <laughs> uh, or tactics <laughs> tim <laughs> it's uh, listen this is um i mean football's a, f- a very strange strange business at the moment and business being the underlined word in that, that you know, short short termism could could stretch even in in this next phase. Where I go back to what I said before, especially with the with the run of fixtures we've got now, we cannot we, the club cannot contemplate relegation. If I
3: was, uh, let's say, uh, the most promising uh, manager. That was on Villa's list, and I was uh, attached at a club. And Villa approached me. I'd look at the fixtures, and I'll and I would say, uh, "Oh, oh! Uh, uh, promise the wife uh, a bit of a holiday early December." <laughs> <laughs> or unfortunately, I've in my contract, I've got to have a uh, four weeks' yeah, four notice, weeks notice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which would get me out of that Liverpool, uh, Manchester City, Leicester, and the first game would be against Norwich. I just wait until, I just wait until after that that'd
0: Christmas be, run of games. that would well. be Dean Christmas Smith's off.
4: first game at Carrow Road. I'm <laughs> sure of
0: this. It's de- it's definitely a difficult wicket because you're coming into a club with highly ambitious owners who've spent a lot of money. They're very, very, you know, they've got high expectations. The fan base have a high expectation. You know, the disparity of where we want to be to the reality of where we are at the moment is as big as it's been in a long time
4: another another factor sorry to jump in Chris is that this isn't a universally accepted decision yeah. and and everyone's absolutely entitled to their opinion many many people listening to this i'm sure will, will not be impressed with the decision or will be undecided still or very much of the opinion that it should be given more time but we we, we are where we are and uh, it's 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 a big call on the on the club's part but my reason for mentioning it is that that, that it, for the first time it puts a otherwise positive ownership and hierarchy Potential odds with the fan base after a huge, a huge yeah. recovery. One hundred
3: percent under the yeah. spotlight now. And what, what I was going yeah. to uh, add, add to that was if you were buying into Villa on the up. You're looking at last season, how we faded off at the end of the season. Not the first manager to have a season of two halves. Uh, How we started badly in the first one, but it recovered. You're putting all this down to teething problems, uh, and you understand the situation, rebuilding a squad in the Premier League, having to try to get it up to speed, Uh, losing a few key players last season. This season, nightmare of mitigating circumstances. So you can see... The progress, and you know, this isn't going to be a success overnight because we didn't actually, we weren't like, for example, Leicester, where they won consecutive titles, moved up the leagues, they built a unif, you know, unity and a, a uniform team that had a spirit. yeah, you know, even Brentford. So when they got promoted into the Premier League, they had that season where of adjustment, which Villa have had, uh, you know, when they got promoted uh, the time before uh, this time, you know, back in the Graham Taylor years. And but because they had that core of unity. Because they'd played together, a lot of those players for you know a few seasons and bonded. They you know they went on to win the league. Now I thought Villa still had the remnants of the team that had gone on that championship journey, but they, you know they, these were loans. Like your Mings was a loan, Ghazi was a loan. These are players that were put together. So you thought, well, now now they're permanent. This is teething troubles as as these players bond together and, and anything that was kind of going wrong you thought well no Smith is still you know the revelation this year was we can beat the top six teams like regularly and so that was another tick that we're going in the right direction and these things you just you, you know you, you saw the long-term picture now there is no long-term picture that is the problem here and as we've both uh, me and Dan have both referenced uh, there's that duality now of you need somebody to save our fucking asses this season but also kick on with a long-term plan of improvement. And that's difficult because
0: a, a manager could come in and go, I like him, him, and him, but those three guys have got to go. I'm going to need X amount of money. I need this player and this player. I mean, this is why I think they've moved now because it allows somebody to come in, evaluate, get a plan ready for January. Bear in mind, you're going to be going into a, you know, the difficult market. It's difficult for everyone, whether you've got money or not. Um and some managers might just go do you know what it's a no from me
3: yeah I mean just just end with Steven Gerrard is the uh, a hype choice I, I'm a bit uncomfortable with players who for, sorry former players who are really it's in the same way that uncomfortable with people seeing look, don't look back in anger on the halt when you know it's so synonymous with uh, big big Manchester City supporting band it's like the Gerrard thing it's like you just know where his heart is and what he's, he's just waiting for Klopp to uh, keel over clop to pop <laughs> that's the end game
4: and it'd be the same with Terry wouldn't it
0: yeah yeah in in reality yeah the only one obviously with someone like a Lampard
3: is of course he had his chance and relatively blew it so well, I don't buy into that it has to be one of our own uh, it's their uh, the allegiance is so strong well these are like club oh, he's a one man fucking team isn't he one team man so that's a weird, yeah. and, and Terry would say the same thing. Okay, he had a brief dalliance with Villa, hence why uh, we kind of uh, can sleep at night with him uh, being our coach. But as a manager, he's so, I mean, as soon as he left the club, it's all about Chelsea, you know, on the social medias or whatever. He, he's a Chelsea man and, you know, good luck to him. Uh, you completely understand
4: why. Jared terry combo it is then. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's just a matter of who's the manager and who's the assistant. <laughs>
0: I think the owners are looking at it, going, "We need like a a sort of like a sexy appointment that's got. We need some
3: razzamatazz because this is a different realm. You know, we're thinking, oh, Aston Villa, we won the, the the European Cup or whatever. Every season that passes." We are, you know, the 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 further away the from mass it, Money enough. in the in the TV rights is a great leveler. And Southampton, for example, they've made mincemeat out of us in the Premier League. They have a, a better record against Villa in the Premier League than we do against them. And recently, our, our record is shocking. So, bearing in mind they're a team that went down to League One, yeah. so we are, you know, we're losing our gravitas. Quickly, and that's one of the reasons I like Dean Smith because we were kind of doing our own thing, and uh, we were
4: reinventing ourselves, reinventing weren't we? Ourselves and, and from uh,
3: within. Um, and, and the and, fans really bought into it, I think, and the players
4: did. it, There was a real identity. Yeah, I agree, and that—that's the great shame of this, and. And I think
3: it was given away too cheaply. That's why I'm disappointed. I think it's just you've thrown away the bigger picture too cheaply and you've basically, you're starting from scratch. And that's kind of dangerous when you look at the
4: landscape and the possibilities. Oh, the uh, change manage, in manager at this stage is, brings with it, I would not say greater risk, but definite risk. There's just one question to ask
3: Dean Smith underrated or overrated?
4: Overrated. Oof. Why?
5: I'll go, I'm I'll go I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go over it as well. i have to stick with my original opinion.
3: Yeah. Well I'm in, in term I think the uh sacking him now is overrated.
4: The thing the thing it goes and this is a very simplistic thing. When he first joined Villa that I I remember mentioning on the podcast three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. That some Brentford fans we were at the uh British British Masters. And uh we happened to be stood next to some Brentford fans at the tea, and they they said that when when things are going well, Smith is an excellent manager, but when the chips are down, then you'll see and they had nothing but you know they were really positive about him, but they they made that distinction and that and that that was the that was the thread i feel through through his tenure at villa that um there were those long periods where where things did go awry, um there were some highs, and there were some things that I think that will you know what of positives about,
3: but well, I mean, I was surprised he got us at a relegation 100 uh, percent absolutely. Uh, but I think I'll answer this question uh, to uh, in the context of Aston Villa. He said he wants to be a, a Champions League manager. I would be surprised now if that no. ever happened. So in the context of that is, and that's where Villa need to be because of the expectations that have uh, arisen because of the uh, the new owners. I'm, I'm going to go overrated as well. Although I, I don't think this was the right time. Three to one. Uh, is there? That's making everybody fi- listeners feel better about the 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 second. <laughs> I'm, I'm not happy about it. I'll, I'll tell you that I, no. I am disappointed because yeah. this this it's basically an admittance of failure by everybody else at the club. And after having Grealish taken away and now Smith, you've got the best scenario, fairy tale scenario as for that a Villa fan could ever have, has just now been ripped apart. And we are now as faceless as any other fucking club. Just. And this is what I hope doesn't happen: just wanting to survive and not get not get relegated, just to keep the business running with the TV revenue money. And the new managers will come and go every two years, and the big wheel will keep turning. You know, we had something a bit different that something we uh, you could actually emotionally invest in, which just it was almost like the purity like of football. the good old days, and that's what there was almost a bit of envy in other fan and bases. Yeah, other fans. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of Southampton fans I saw. Uh, saying, I think you've dropped a bollock there. But yeah, there was the envy, uh, you know, you go back a few months, people were kind of envious that we had this kind of uh, utopian situation, but now it's just business people. There's no loyalty, it's just business. If the people in power no. yeah. aren't doing the job, then they, you know where we, you know, they can go. I
0: mean, my final thought is that it isn't like we're in a scenario that Spurs had where in Nuno you've got a, a reasonable manager, but one that they weren't sure about. But as soon as they knew Conte was available, it was like, right, we're going in. We can get our guy. I don't see this as Villa where Perslow and those guys are going, we've got the guy we think we want here and this is the window to get him. I don't think it's that. There is no obvious fit here. There's no banker. Whoever comes in is a risk. And it could work. Hopefully, you know, touch wood, someone comes in sooner rather than later, they hit the ground running, new manager bounce
3: and all that sort of stuff. Everything's hunky Dory. But <laughs> as Dan said a few times, we've got long memories so I'm just looking at the plan in front of us uh, and uh, from the, yesteryear the under and over uh, rated and a list <laughs> of players great name, so I'm just thinking of, <laughs> if that was a list of potential old players uh, to manage I think John McCoon would be the best <laughs> <laughs> the second assistant manager Michael Oakes <laughs> <laughs> who got scared in front of the whole thing Michael Bradley yeah. <laughs> like, like Matt Target oh dear uh, well it's going to be interesting but it's. it'll take a, it'll, we need an international break to kind of get over this uh. I mean we were looking forward the international break before yeah, it's full steam ahead.
4: It's good to be back amongst you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice to, this is nice to speak this to you still feels like it's come out of nowhere because uh, it does, it does, it, it does. Has, it's, relatively, it's come up quickly. That's the thing, has not it? It's gone from being, I Very. think, you know, you lose two or three games and it's uh, a slump in form. <laughs> Defeats four and five, and you've lost your manager. That's that's a Weird. Uh, yeah, it is weird. It's
3: Villa Park. And, you know, you, you listen to the away fans at uh, Southampton uh, supporting Dean Smith, Villa Park supporting Dean Smith. You know, we went down to 10 men against West Ham. Dean Smith, Cloud and Blue Army, up a halt for, you know, sustained length of time. And the thought hasn't even entertained my head in terms of, uh, you know, it being a discussion as... Uh, I mean, there's people going Smith out, Smith out on Twitter, but you don't know... What the context? There, they've they've just got they haven't got a real name. There's there's no uh, consequence to their actions. You don't know if it's a twelve year old kid. It's just uh, somebody brought up on football manager, where you know you get sacked after four games or whatever.
4: That's a reflection of the as I mentioned earlier, the, the reconnection with the club, and that's why this is a pivotal moment for. For the hierarchy now, because they've got to, they, they've, they've, you know, you've lost Grealish, which is that organic connection to the club where you, you know, um, but but with Smith, you, it, it was, you know, you had some of the pedigree where you were saying, right, you've, you've dragged us to the Premier League and we've retained it, and he's a fan and we were beating teams and you you say well if you know this is clearly progress overall and from where we'd been with a joke of an owner and you know countless uh, managers and and countless frankly players who, who, who didn't appear bothered or not to play for the shirts to to in quite a quick period that dissolving away if you like and i think the fear is that well, we don't want to go back there but also we don't want to go back to a place where you don't feel um uh, you don't feel that connection to your football club, or that people care about your football club, who are who are essentially custodians of it. So, um, the the next um the next appointment is. It's really important, not just because we don't want the season to become an absolute shambles, but because uh, losing that, you know, and it's you lose your fans again, and it, they're, they're hard earned and easy lost. Uh,
3: sorry, just to update the uh, the season ticket. What's the waiting list count? Season ticket waiting. Oh, it's gone up another fifty thousand. It's a hundred and thirty five thousand at the moment. That's impressive. Because Villa fans, they just love this kind of shit. <laughs> they all love <laughs> suffering, and
4: uh, that's a podcast title. <laughs>
3: (laughs) Queuing up to get the bed sheets out. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so just to end, uh, it was kind of a bolt out of the blue because hundred minutes of adversity at Villa Park, like essentially, I mean, you know, you go and watch us win shit games or whatever. You know, the Newcastle game, Everton didn't play very well for the first hour. Then won the game, but that's that's the run of the mill. That is, that's football, that's how it goes. So when I say adversity, that 10 minutes against Wolves in the West Ham game and, you know, Villa get beat by West Ham, no biggie. They, you know, they've just beaten bloody uh, Liverpool. And then you look at the away fixtures at the start of the season, first six away fixtures... Four of them against uh, the tops, you know, the Super League Six, Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal, Spurs. If you're telling me at the start of the season we're going to get three points from all those, I'm thinking, that's, you know, that's kind of par the cause. Get three draws? That's a decent return, we're historically anyway. So that's why it's weird because did you expect to win all those four away games? No, you fucking didn't. Would you uh, expect Villa to have lost a home game? Potentially, yes. Even, you know, potentially two, but it, it's just kind of, uh, especially when, if, you know, if you were told that the injury situation. So it is kind of a, that's why I think it's a bit rash, but people will say, well, you know, calendar year, 25 games, whatever, seven wins, whatever, whatever. But yeah, it's a season where, in that season, the thing that was making as tick was the Grealish Barkley combo. Both got injured, bad times. Once the season fell away, seasons fall away. You either finish strongly because you still after something. But that that team that I mean, way, that's another thing about Smith, is the streak. There's bad streaks he goes on. So, you know, I'm not crying into my pillar tonight. It's like, well, he has his weaknesses, so yeah, but are you getting us a better manager? That is the thing that everybody at Smith Out never not one of them came up with a suggestion. Not one of them had an idea. Because it's easy to be negative and just say, Yeah, Smith Out, that's it. And that's the problem Aston Villa now have now is to solve the problem of this season and uh get somebody in who can actually continue and improve the team because uh we know what happens just based on the last uh, 10 years if uh, you don't get the fans buying into it but as I've, you know as i've said I, I think we've given up something and it was probably worth giving it one more go because the alternate's never going to be as good but who knows who knows indeed and you you
0: would think you know, as of the news breaking, and obviously they would have known beforehand, but there'll be a few of those players who were
3: looking in the mirror going, Yeah, I probably haven't showered myself in glory. Oh, yeah, no, there's there's, there's a, you could name a load of. Uh, there's only been ooh, probably Cash, Martinez, uh, Camber when Fleeting he's had moments. his moments. Ings had a few good moments. Yeah, Ings, but there's a few of those boys. I mean, Louise has been kind of steady, McG- McGinn held hot, hot and cold, but, you know, the likes of Conza. Target 2 and What I don't know what's gone wrong there. You
0: look at the amount of guys we had last year who were like in the top two, three, four, five. In all their stack columns for their position, like headers won, all those sorts of things, all these barometers, and you think, yeah, these guys are doing it. You know, Cons and Mings were right in the business end of all your lists. Watkins was scoring a goal every other week. Um, you know, you had cash target on either side. You know, you had combinations all over the field. That's one of the big things for me is, as a team, and the manager's going to have to come in and go, I need to know what my best team is, and I need to know what my combinations are. I need to know how to get the best out of these guys and who to put with yeah. them.
3: Right, on that note, it's never dull. Please do become a My Old Man Said patron. Join us in Match Club, because it's going to be insane uh, in the next uh, few months. Few uh, go to com and uh, click on the patron link there to find out more details. Right, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me to uh, discuss Mr. Smith, and uh, we do wish him well uh, henceforth. be interesting to see where he pops up next, but uh, will he be in the Premier League? That is the question. Until next time, enjoy the international break, and it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: (laughs) Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.